Welcome back to a more perfect podcast. I'm here again with Andrew. We are going to break down a bunch of crap that's been happening, some significantly unrelated events, but listen to it because you're on your commute and you have nothing better to do. First thing is like a little bit of update. We agreed to pause, quote unquote, some of the tariffs in exchange for China buying a fat load of our soybeans and the stocks were like yeeting upward. It was great. This is good, good thing. Good progress on Trump's part. You know, CNN can't let Trump have any victory. So they're like, well, both countries don't trust each other. So they're not going to really agree to anything long lasting. You just look at this and, and you're like, the, the bias is just so bad. Yeah, they can't just go, wow, you did good this one time. Thumbs up. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> you yeah, didn't do enough. pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. He could literally make them agree to to, ha- to deal with every problem people have with China in their markets, like IP stealing and you know theft of patents and such that they just mm-hmm. kind of release for bootleg. And then also literally get rid of every other problem the American economy has. And they'd be like, but what about this small minute detail you forgot about? Hmm? That's what I thought. Yep. They're after him. Like, I know everybody wants to call this impeachment inquiry a witch hunt and the more reported witch hunt. Like, what's really a witch hunt is the media versus Trump. Like, they are after everything. Yeah, he could, um... He could try to pee in a toilet and accidentally hit it a little too far to the left. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's see, look, Donald Trump just peed all over that toilet seat. Yeah, does this mean he's trying to infect the United States with germs? He's trying to kill everyone. Mm, impeachment. But not impeachment time. He's like, committing good biological warfare. It's like, no. Like, I would love to see a counter. Like, a live counter. This is pretty much impossible to do. But a live counter of how many times impeachment has been like, written or, like, spoke by the mainstream media since Since Trump's inauguration. (laughs) Even before that. Yeah, okay, so, like, since... Some of them were already, like, as soon as he won, were like, we need to investigate possible impeachment. And I'm like, the man hasn't even put his hand on the Bible yet. And you all are like, we gotta look for possible impeachment. Yeah. So, even at the very... Even at this very recent news story, this Yovanovitch news story, they're like, the whole headlines are not legally the president can do whatever the hell he wants because it's an ambassador. They're unfounded and unbased claims on the special ambassador to Ukraine, which, if you were a headline reader, would 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 spawn a tree of logic that would go, okay... Trump has a scandal with Ukraine. Trump is firing this special ambassador to Ukraine that was there at the time or around the time of the scandal. He's doing that because he's trying to cover something up. But the thing is, as I said like five minutes ago, she was anti-current Ukrainian agenda. She was anti-Zelensky um, is the name of the current prisoner of Ukraine. She was for the uh, the older president of Ukraine. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and that doesn't just come from Trump. That comes from Zelensky himself. He said that today. And he also said um, that there was no 
blackmail. There was no quid pro quo or of any sort on that phone call. The man said it himself, so I don't know what the hell they're investigating. Like, well, I guess they're technically investigating on whether or not that was a true statement or if it was just said to cover, like... What do you mean? Like, I mean, most of the time these investigations are just done because they're, they don't, quote, believe the people involved. So it's probably what the investigation is after. Whether or not they'll get it, um, given their track record, I'm going to uh, have to put my money on. It's going to be literally nothing. And the most they get is the already released transcript where he mentions Joe Biden for, like, two sentences. Yep. And it's not even, like, investigate him. It's like, you know, the last president, you know, unfortunately had to stop investigating Biden and his son. You're not that president, and that's it. That's the most they'll probably get out of it. Yep. And, hey, if they get out something pro-Trump, you know, you won't hear about it. Because <laughs> yeah, nobody will talk that. about it. <laughs> yep. It'll be like, oh, what, what, huh, what? Pfft. What do you mean, Ukraine scandal? What? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the Joe Biden is such an integral part of this that they couldn't really re- report on the impeachment without also mentioning the Biden scandal. So it was kind of a double-edged sword for them. Like, I'm sure if they wanted to, they would just throw out the scandal all together and let their golden boy run his race. But they really couldn't do it. It was such an integral part of the story. And now we see Joe Biden just collapsing. Like, his whole campaign is just imploding. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he was already on rocky footing to begin with because he kept, he kept constantly having gaffes mm-hmm. to, to basic things. Like, he forgot where he was. He was in a, he was in a town in uh, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and he said it, it was a great town in Vermont, for example. You know, um, he, said, he said, and I quote, I hope the truth comes over facts. Yes, it was the best quote ever, truth over facts. People, Biden 2020, this is going to be the best thing ever. Oh, the Democratic race is great. So I said in the last episode that Elizabeth Warren, I would place my bet on Elizabeth Warren being the nominee. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like if they put Bernie up, they're a little, they're a little afraid Bernie might not win, especially because of the fact that he is he. he, Devout socialist. Yeah, he has a very rocky relationship with what you would call the um, um, the uh, the the Midwest as a whole. <laughs> you know, when Bernie is like, "I'll give you free education, but you got to pay more taxes," everyone's like, mm, "I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that." But at least Elizabeth Warren could get off with saying it to win nomination, and then just not deliver it when she's elected. Yeah. But, I mean, I personally think no matter who they choose, they're going to... It's basically who's going to get their absolute ass handed to them by Donald Trump. Yeah, pretty much. Like, at this point, like... Unless they literally discover President Trump has done an actual 100% illegal and impeachable offense, there is almost no chance for the Democrats to win 2020. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about this, like, for, for a few days now. Um... That what Trump did with Zelensky, the whole scandal that that I went over in the last episode with Trump asking Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden. While I didn't like the action itself, the action itself is not illegal. Yeah. He he didn't solicit Zelensky to do it. He wasn't like, if you don't do it, this X will happen. Or if you do do it, X will happen. Yeah. He was just like, I mean, you're free to do it. Why don't you? Yeah, and another problem, uh, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, but 
maybe you know something more about it. Was um, Ukraine didn't know that Trump had cut aid? Is that right? Or yeah, yeah no, I don't think they. I, I think if I remember correctly, the problem with the aid that America gave to Ukraine was long before was long before the call, and on top of that, the Ukrainian government didn't even really know about it yet. Yeah. So it's not like it could have been into the mix either. Yeah, because... And again, even if, like, the Ukrainian government knew about it, you have to remember another thing, that Zelensky had literally just gotten in office. And let me tell you, regime change isn't really a neat and clean-cut thing always. There is so many documents that have to be reviewed by the new administration, so much stuff to pour over... They were probably pouring over some other thing in Ukraine and looking at some other issue. And then this Biden thing comes up. Like the only um, the only thing that Zelensky wanted to do here was get closer to Trump and appease his people by saying, I'm a friend of the United States, most powerful country on Earth, gang. Let's fight the Russians. (laughs) Let's get them, boys. Like that's literally the whole point of this phone call. And then people over here is blowing it up as a quid pro quo, and it's impossible that it was a quid pro quo just parsing the facts here, right? Yeah, I mean, because literally everything about the phone call is exactly as every president before Trump. I've Like, when you look at their transcripts with newly elected officials from foreign countries, it's, it's basically the same thing just said the way Trump would do it. Yep. Like, instead of obviously, like, really formal language, he's just like, you were elected. That's great. Your people like you. That's great. People like me, too. Isn't that great? And they were both like, yes, that's great. That's great, yeah. isn't it? And that was, while it's not the main part that everyone's focusing on, and for good reason, that was the beef of the call was, you did great. Like, like literally, your people if, if, you. if you look at the first, like... It's it's almost the whole first page of the frickin' transcript was, you did great, I like you, man, you're good, your country's great. And then the Ukrainian president saying, you know, I have the same opinion about you, Mr. President. I'm yeah. very glad your country elected you. Yeah. They, they've made a great choice. And I'm like, wow, that's almost like every single elected official who has calls with each other like that. Yep. Wow. Yep, this is like, this is like an ep- like the first... I'm pr- I'm like like sure. a big chunk of the call was like those episodes that you kind of sleep through because they're just filler, and then like you get to the season finale and it's kind of like a big plot twist. You don't want to miss this, but then like episodes like five, six, and seven are absolutely worthless. Yeah, they're absolutely worthless. Like they serve nothing. Yeah, it's only eight that starts to really build the plot. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's stupid. So another thing that's happened is the NBA. Yes. And the basketball. So so we're just going to switch gears. We covered Ukraine in the last podcast, and we covered it in this podcast. My brain is kind of melted on the Ukraine game. I, I, I kind of like that. U- Ukraine game. It's like a very good, yeah. like, easily said title. Yeah. There's a other podcast that I listen to. It's called 538. And they're real nerds, but, like, as far as polling data, they break it all down. It's really good, but... They came up with this name called U- Ukranium, and I was like, no, it's just not good. That's a little too difficult. But anyway, yeah, you, yeah, Ukraine to the actual point. Hard to say. Well, anyways, I'm tired of Ukraine, is the point. 
let's go to Hong Kong because we covered that way back in episode 5. You probably didn't even listen to it, and I wouldn't listen to it. I only listened to it once. And I remember there was another group of fans that had to be pulled out of an NBA game because they had a free Hong Kong poster. Whoa. And they were like, that's against our rules. And it's like, your rules literally say nothing about this, but okay. And then Blizzard basically did the same thing because one of their Hearthstone players was like, yeah, I really think uh, China should just stop the whole Hong Kong thing. They're like, well, no more Hearthstone championship for you. Yeah, it's like these companies are so worried about losing their business in China because of the authoritarian Chinese government that instead of doing the right thing, which in my opinion would be to cut all ties with China because they're really freaking evil and only do business a Hong Kong and um, there's another one. Uh, there's another city that's kind of uh, Taiwan. Only do business there and then have a bunch. If, if you have a bunch of companies that boycott China altogether, then yeah, they're going to lose their bottom line for a little while, but then China's going to want them back. China's going to, in theory, do the right thing. And you you see where I'm going here? Well, yeah, because, I mean, at the very least, if the government doesn't try it, the the people that are directly affected will try to force the government to do something. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's usually what happens whenever a huge economic crashes come. So if, as you were saying, a bunch of companies and groups like the NBA, Blizzard, etc. were like, mm-hmm. you know what? Never mind. We, we don't care, China. Whatever. No. Like, the Chinese, the, the Chinese people would be like, well, do something to bring them back. We need their money. And if the yeah. government's like, no, then the and people will grow very... I was listening to stuff about the Chinese thing, and apparently it was, it was the, a team called the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets are a big, fat deal in China. Everybody's favorite team is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets leader tweeted out that, you know, free Hong Kong. And then he said it was just one person's opinion. And so did the NBA. They said, we don't condone this kind of behavior and yada, yada, yada. But even the NBA, they never apologized. And neither did the captain. Well, yeah, like um, <laughs> somebody, I think, when I was, whenever we were watching Fox News to pick up some some titles yeah said that basically nike and the nba told them to shut up and dribble you can always say that so many times where people go no you know what you shut up whore yeah it's it's ridiculous like these companies shouldn't be censoring people's freedom of speech at the end of the day and i think like i I really don't think the founding fathers anticipated this well no i mean especially with the fact that most of them didn't necessarily enjoy the idea of foreign affairs at all they were kind of just like be america and america only and then corporations they didn't exactly think of because the only real one around at the time was the dutch east india company which most of them hated mm-hmm. because uh well what they did was what a lot of them do now which is say you have no rights and shut up you're my worker yeah but now it's not just the workers that they're telling to shut up after anymore. it's the actual consumer base which is a really weird and bad strategy yeah I at mean, the end of a freaking day a, it's trampling on our rights. B, you're a company, man. Like, you're... the reason you exist is because of these rights. How dare you trample on them? Do you well, know yeah. where you came from? Well, that's where that's what that's what a lot of companies 
have a problem with is once they get so large, they think they can just fully sustain themselves forever and they no longer need the people under them. I mean, even though when they look at the profit margins, they're like, wow, look at us. We're a trillion dollar company. It's like, okay, doesn't mean you can't crash tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the um, the Rockefellers and all of them. They used to be, they were the, at the time, trillion dollar companies as we know them now. Yeah. And they crashed in a near instant. Yep, because everyone was like, well, you know what? I don't like how you're treating people no more. Yep. Get out of here. I mean, it was literally so bad. Rockefeller turned from being an absolute dickhole to mm-hmm. going, well, maybe I should be a philanthropist. And then people were like, oh, you're a philanthropist. I'll he start wrote, buying your products again. Yeah, so like, I think what the founders did not intend, just to be clear, is companies, a, they didn't want the United States government. So they were concerned about the government. But they didn't think of the companies in the system growing so large that the government not being able to interfere with them would be a bad thing. And like, like well, it, it, it is a bad thing when companies or when government touches anything in a, in a private company. Like it literally destroys the company. Like it makes everything bad. Yeah, it's just, I mean, a lot of them would agree that there are certain things the government can do that it should be able to do. Yeah. And I mean, it, it grows weird because as time continues, there are new things that come along, like large multinational corporations. Because even back to Dutch East India Company, which was like the largest company in Europe at the time, mm-hmm. they still technically were beholden to the crown. They weren't necessarily able to just go, no, we're going to do what we want to. And also on top of that, they didn't just go into a market and sell their stuff. They literally took over the market. Yeah. So it would be more like if Nike, say, instead of just putting Nike shoes in China, took over China so they could sell their Nike shoes. Yeah. So, but the, but again, what I'm saying is kind of what the Democrats are trying to argue, I guess, would like because they're trying to stamp on all these companies and we can see here that the companies like the NBA like Blizzard are doing the wrong thing because they're smashing people's first amendment so i think what go- what the government needs to do is they need to say they need to set restrictions that say not only can states not curtail your rights but companies cannot curb your freedom of speech but then that comes into another problem which is okay what's preventing somebody from going into a company and like protesting like holding a protest in the middle of a KFC like that would totally destroy KFC's bottom line if they can't technically curtail their rights by kicking them out to save the restaurant I mean a lot of protest falls apart though when they recognize nobody's paying attention to them Look at Chick-fil-A. There's constant, there's literal constant protest, as it has been since, I think, like, 2014, 2015. Yep. And they're now on slate to become the largest fast food restaurant in America. Yes. With less stores than most other people. That's the part people forget. Chick-fil-A's not over here with, like, McDonald's numbers of of restaurants. They're over here with, like, you're, 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 like, at the, at the best, like, Sonic with the amount of stores it has. It's not that much for Chick-fil-A, but they still 
make so much money. I know. Because your sandwiches are so freaking good. All right? Like, if, if, if you got this far, I encourage you to go to Chick-fil-A. Try their mac and cheese. Very good if you haven't eaten it. Really? Yes, it's very good. Oh, maybe we should go after this. <laughs> on, on that subject of corporations curtailing rights, things are legal in the United States that aren't legal in China, and to, and to not break those Chinese laws shouldn't affect how Other we markets. get the product. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good example is... So it's ridiculous that Blizzard even censors anything or NBA even censors anything. Like, well, yeah, like a good example is um, Ubisoft for their game Rainbow Six Siege mm -hmm. was originally going to heavily censor the entire game for every market because of the Chinese government. Yeah. Like, there's an operator named Kavera. Her whole thing is like skulls and death. They, they were going to have to censor her. Yeah. They were talking about removing her face paint, possibly changing her icon, changing how her gadget even functioned, because her thing was interrogations. Yeah. To and in China, death is illegal to be shown. You cannot show skulls. Are you serious? You cannot show skulls. You cannot show blood, because it is, quote, if I remember correctly, they, think, they deem it as societally damaging. And, That's crazy. And they were going to have to censor it heavily. There's a level called Clubhouse, which takes place in a German... Like a German biker gang hideout. Mm -hmm. It's got like a strip club section. They were going to basically get rid of the strip club section. They were going to get rid of all the lottery machines. Because that's not because, legal in China. Because gambling is illegal in China. But the community backlash was so bad. Ubisoft stopped with it. And they did not. They did it for gameplay reasons. Like some of the slot machines were taken out. But that was because they just. It was unnecessary. They were in weird places. Mm -hmm. But. They kept everything else, and people were and people were happy about that. But it was because the American and European markets were just like, why are you kowtowing to China? Yeah, companies have got to stop doing this eventually, and they have to either the simple version, which would be better actually for the bottom line of the company in the long run because they wouldn't have to spend so long on developing their products, would be to cut ties with China. Because if they are to do the second option, which is to make, make a whole other game for Chinese markets, which is what some companies have done. Well, that's, what, that's what, um, what happened with Halo. A lot of Halo had to be censored. So instead of making all of Halo censored, they just made an entirely separate version of Halo. Yeah. Call and of the, Duty does it too. That, yeah, and that must cost them so much to it make does, but another be, version. But arguably because of how large China is, they're okay with it. You know, they oh, can spend saying? an extra $1 million to censor everything and fix it a little bit and then ship it off to China. But the problem is they are allowed to do that. And as admitted by a few developers, you're allowed to do that because of how well you do in America and Europe. Because that, well, that was what Rainbow Six found out when mm -hmm. everyone was like, well, I'll just stop playing if you censor to China. They literally basically said that no matter how much they made in China, the damage to the brand in America and Europe, where most of their sales come from, would be so irreparably damaged, it would not be worth it even if they managed to double the amount they made in America, Europe, and China. Yeah. So there is necessarily, like, well, like necessary reasons why they would have to, but if it's not gonna, well, as you said, cause a public disturbance, then what gives them the right to do that? Well, yeah, because technically... It's wrong. Well, because technically, if, for example, your example of the protesters walking into Chick-fil-A and doing mm -hmm. it, that Chick-fil-A store has the legal right to kick you out because you're disturbing their their sales. Yes. 
but you still have the legal right to stand outside of Chick-fil-A and do it. Yeah, sure. They don't care. Like, legally, they're allowed to do it, unless it is considered complete private property and they say no trespassing. Yeah, as the Chick- Chick-fil-A would be in this instance because the parking lot's the Chick-fil-A property yes. too, and thus a, a, a quote-unquote um, truncated First Amendment rights would necessarily be surrendered to that private business. But if it is not causing the public disturbance, then I don't see why we, companies should do it. And I also don't see why an American company, especially basketball, should, even if the market is big, which it is really freaking big in China. Temporarily. I think another big oversight a lot of these companies are missing is China moves on very fast. Yeah. Like, they think we move on fast. Like, the movie, uh, the, what was that movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Um... Jumanji? No, San Andreas, the one about the fault. Oh, yeah. It was the biggest action movie ever in China, forgotten about in two months. Wow. Well, I mean, it's a movie. like. But that but that proves that China just moves on fast. Yeah. Well, because, like, China doesn't have any, any symbols, like Japan. In Japan, you go to Japan, you'll see Goku, Mario, Hello Kitty, Gundam everywhere, because those are big in Japan. Over here, you'll see the Avengers everywhere, and yeah. even to an extent, Batman and Superman, because yeah, big, of DC. Big people that stay. Symbols. But in China, they don't necessarily have them. They have them, but they're really old, and almost nothing is made new of them. Yeah. And China just moves on. But that's because of how China, the Chinese society functions, which is fast-moving, keep working, basically... You serve to serve everyone else. Yeah, and also, if they had a cultural symbol, it would undermine and it would be coexistent with the ultimate goal of getting everybody to bow down to the Communist Party, which they don't want. They don't want any symbol, no matter how well, yeah, small. I mean, China, for example, Com- what was it, a year and a half ago, started making Muslim concentration camps, as they were called. Yep. Literally, because like the Germans, they would round you up if you were religious mm-hmm. and throw you in a camp. Yep. And it's because of that belief, or, or that belief in a higher power in that instance. Of well, yeah, the Muslim like, god Allah. Um, and and they're, they're doing it with Christians too, but Muslims is the big deal. Yeah, that was the more recent one. They, we, they, we've known they've been doing it with Christians for a while. It's just that we've just now recently discovered they also have specific ones for Muslims. They're yeah. getting to that point with Buddhists. Yep, and, and the Muslims... The Chinese Muslims are actually called, I, I believe, word we, Uyghurs. Yeah, I think. Or yeah, Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Um, and, yeah, they've been putting in concentration camps. They're worse than the Nazis. Um, I might have gone over in episode five. I can't really remember. But that it might, like, prove to be a theme of this podcast is hating on the Chinese Communist Party because they suck Oh, I'll, I'll be honest. If, if, if the USSR was still alive, oh, I'd be doing the same thing to them right about now. Yep. I still do. Even though they're dead, I still make fun of the USSR. Yep. And we're going to make fun of China until it falls. So And even after. Yeah, and, and, and even after, because they're just... They're, they're trash. Like, horrible. Yeah, garbage. Mm-hmm. Literal. Yep, literal I would, scum of the earth. If, if I was told to talk to the Chinese government or a literal pile of trash... I would jump so far into the pile of trash, I myself would become a trash person. That is how. Garbage, man. That is how much I hate China, the Chinese government. Like, they're, they're don't terrible. Get, did, did you hear that they're um, taking political prisoners? Yes. And then 
literally while they're alive, they cut them open, take their organs, and then put it into like political like leaders. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they'll steal their organs for transplant. Yeah, while they're alive, and I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say they don't use um, numbing agents and they don't use yeah, any just, sort of if I'm gonna take knockout a, drug. If I'm gonna take a wild guess here with how they treat literally every other political opponent. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they're not they're not too uh, keen on the idea. They might do it. They might use the bare minimum so you don't immediately die, which causes immediate degradation of those internal organs. But they definitely don't use it to where you don't feel pain. It's crazy. You know, with how trashy the Chinese government is, I can actually see a future where companies cut them off, like we were talking about earlier. And then they start rounding up their citizens and selling their organs to keep the economy going. Like, they're that bad. Well, I mean, like, China, I really, they, they don't care. Well, I mean, China, I'm not even sure if they've overruled it. They they may or may not still have the one child rule. Like I think they still have it. Because I can't remember. That one was just, oh, that and, one was crazy. And it was literally for no reason other than they wanted to control population. Yep. It was horrible. It was the worst. Like, they would find your second child and kill him. Yeah, I mean, if... Or your third child, I don't know. I think you could have one boy and one girl, maybe it was just... No, it was one child. Oh, one together. child. And most of the time, they chose males. That's crazy. Like, there are pictures, videos... Yeah, it's Of sucks. people giving birth in hospitals, and they're throwing the baby girls out of the window. Alive. Like, literally just... Seriously? Chucking them out the window. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen those videos. I just heard about it. They're they're like old, so they're really grainy. But yeah, there are some of them from like people who from other nations visiting the China. Meat. Yeah, because China really, even if you're a foreigner, they try very hard to control what you see and don't in China. Oh yeah. So I was talking with my sister, and they have this thing where you'll you'll visit China, and then people will like follow you on the subways in cars and you'll get like quote unquote tour guides but it'll really be like censorship friends is what I like to call them yeah yeah um, I mean I've also heard that some people say they've been followed all the way until they got back into the United States wow that's crazy I'm not surprised I know I'm not really surprised either China still sucks at it though <laughs> yeah there was this um there was a dude and he was like I know this girl's following me, so I just turned around, and I looked her right in the eye, and and she just started looking at her phone, and then she looked up at me, and I looked at her, and we just made eye contact for a long time, and she knew what I was doing, the guy said, and she just walked away. And I was like, wow, the Chinese Communist Party really don't train their spies well, if I, if I well, had to go out. I have, um, a, I have a very good feeling what she probably did was just make him feel like she stopped following him, and followed him from a greater distance. Maybe. Because, I mean, it's not... Well, I mean, yeah, if she gave up on her mission in China and she said, I failed my mission, they'd be like, oh, you failed your life, too. Yeah. How does life in servitude sound? Yeah. But, no, I hate to... Fuck China. Yeah, China's literally... And again, I'm one of those people... I'll never blame the Chinese people. I'll always blame them. Seriously, yeah. Like, like, like when, when we say we hate China, we don't mean the actual citizens of China because... While they can't say it, and while they'll say otherwise, I think at the end of the day, they 
hate their freaking government because who wouldn't? But they'll. But, they but can't. It, is, it is hard to tell because we're looking at it from a lens of Americans. We have no idea truly how people in China feel. Yeah, and we we really don't know how they live. Because I mean, I, even even people that come over here from China and move here that say they hate the Chinese government, you know, they probably moved here because they hate the Chinese government. Yep. So, and another thing is, if you run from China and you try and escape illegally. Then they'll just round up your family and kill them. Well, yeah, usually. As consequence. I remember I heard it's I heard awful. one of them that they literally trained groups of police forces to take hostages of people who are leaving. So like they'll the police will take your family hostage and say you have two choices: come back, where you'll probably be killed on the spot, or they'll kill your family on the spot. And then eventually find you and yeah. kill you. Well, yeah, because yeah. there I remember there were stories of people who live here in America, who when they moved here, said, I'm going to be hunted by the Chinese government. And then in, like, five years, they mysteriously are murdered. Mm-hmm. And the assailant is nowhere to be found. Yep. It's crazy how far the Chinese can reach. Well, I mean, so, it's exactly what happened with members of the USSR. Whenever they came over here, some of them would literally be hunted by the um, by their secret police all the way over here. Yep. And what like while I think it's good that we're doing a deal with China, and that Trump's doing a deal with China, I think and I think we will eventually reach that deal, reach this big grand deal. Um, I don't think that deal is going to make everybody forget about this human rights abuses because if what's just. Tell me if like what I'm saying is plausible, and then we'll probably end with this. Um, Trump gets a big bowl fat deal. Mm-hmm. It finally comes to a close. Trump's ultimate quest, mm-hmm. and what the fake news has to do is they have to report on something negative. So they say Trump makes a deal with a dictatorship, which that dictatorship is China. That big news cycle because it'll be a months long news cycle if 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 he really does. Oh yeah, if he if he what he says he's gonna do. If he brokers that deal with China, he he probably cements himself as one of the best presidents in history. Yeah, by just it it it's not even in doubt in my mind. He would be like the if he's not already. (laughs) The only way he could. Really fuck it up is if he pulls a real Richard Nixon on us all and uh, has a Watergate style scandal. Yeah, that's that's how he could do it. But I don't see that happening. Mm. I just see the fake news media having to say something bad and them having to uh, paint it as Trump making another deal with a evil dictatorship that raises a bunch of awareness for months and months on end about China's human rights abuses. China's human rights abuses are never forgotten. I just hope in my lifetime that the Chinese government is will fall. And it, oh, it probably will. It yeah. the only way it's managed to sustain itself up to this point is, I guess, in a sense of irony, kowtowing to capitalist countries. Yeah, and opening up its markets a little bit. Because if they didn't, they would die the exact same death the USSR did. Slow, painful, and whenever they finally hit the ground, nobody will forget. Yep, it's really, 
you know, I'm, I, I just kind of watch the clock because I know it's, I just know it's going to happen. I just don't know well, how it's going to happen because things like that, th- like really evil atrocity, things like that can only exist for so long in my opinion, just looking at history. Well, yeah, I mean, right now we're at a moment where this might define China's future is if Hong Kong wins in terms of what it wants and it becomes its own independent like city-state, mm-hmm. it could technically garner strength from like Taiwan and all these other countries that China have basically tried to fuck over in their history. Yep. And then it could also come to us, come to its old pal Britain, who would then go to everybody else they knew and like, what's China hey. going to do? What are they going to do now? Like, they have nothing. They're weak. Let's get them. I mean, even even countries that we think would technically agree with China, like uh, Russia, they don't like China that much. No. I mean, Vladimir Putin has... He basically has said before that if he could take over places like China, he would. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd take over the world tomorrow if he wanted to. Or he could, yeah. Or he could, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a big old U.S. of A. across the sea. Um, <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say this nice. Um, if anything happens to China, places like it, like North Korea, uh, can kiss itself goodbye. Pretty much, yeah. So I think, I really think eventually China is, A, going to grow so large that it becomes a unignorable Problem. threat yeah. to the West. And the West is going to have to band together and kill it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's just gonna happen it's already a huge threat already a, a question that's asked a lot is who would win in a war with the united states and china i always say we would lose and I, but i never say china would win because I, I i consider us like losers because i think while we would win on paper the loss would be just so massive that it, i i just can't call if you lose 70 something percent of your country a win. Like, yeah, I mean... and Because that's what would happen if it, in a war with China. And I mean, a scary thing to me is the world as a whole is hitting another tipping point where it's probably going to be the end of what we would call the modern peaceful era. Yeah. Um, Europe, for example, uh, a lot of Europe's unhappy with the EU. Yep. Um, over here, there are constant yeah, struggles between two sides of the same aisle. Which yeah. is the American the, government. The stable core, which is the United States, is kind of heating up a little bit. And uh, then... In Asia. And then you EU. Have, you have yeah. China and Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, you have places like Japan dealing with its own internal population problems. You know, like... Mm. No, is, is the problem nobody's having babies in Japan? Yes, literally their population is one of the... I think one of the only ones in the world with a negative population growth. That's sad. That was not caused by war. It's really sad. In truth, the Middle East is even more of a fireball now than it was. Well, yeah, because America decided to go do 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 well, do. Europe was also like do 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 do. Oh, we're done. America finished for us, and we're like, okay, do 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 do. No, I, 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 There's, there's always a chance that none of this ends up blowing up in anybody's face, and everything. There is falls a down. It doesn't seem like it though. And no, history tells us that because what's happening, class. what's happening right now is governments and the people that are under them are starting to not like one another. Even here. 
Yeah. You know, like, for as much as Trump is trying to give people what they want, if Congress keeps doing what they're doing... and being retarded. They're just going to piss off the people of America. Yeah. And I think there's there's numerous polls that Republicans and Democrats on the ground, not in Washington, hate how the government's functioning. Yeah. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates this gridlock. Yeah, everybody except the extremists. Yep. But extremists are a very low percentage. Yeah. So extremists are always going to be extremists, but you, like, to me, it seems like we've always had big players. Three major spheres of influence, and each of their large groups are currently hating each other. Yeah. And that's a pretty scary position to be in as far as if you look at world politics. Because usually you'll have one big meltdown. Yeah, and and one major sphere of influence. Maybe a sphere of influence fights another one, but meltdowns in all three sectors on such a massive scale as they are now, that's never spells something good. Yeah, because one of the best things I can possibly think of is if China's sphere breaks down first, America can come together like it did during 9-11 with something. Because war always sparks nationalist fervor. Yeah. Like, the most anti-Americans will suddenly turn into, wait, no, fuck fuck China, go America. Yeah. Seriously. You know, like, Europe will have the same thing. Now, the only difference between us and Europe is we're already a united group of smaller individual states, so we'll all get along as Americans and call it a day. But in Europe, they they're might nations. start liking each other less and less because they're like, I hate France, go Germany. Well, I hate Germany, go France. And Britain's like, I hate the both of you, go Britain. And That's kinda... how you get world wars. Germany currently with the <laughs> EU is definitely the uh, Aaron Hansen from Game Grumps meme where it's like, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I was referencing. Like, Yeah, so it's, it's melting down, but... Um, Hopefully we'll be able to see it play out, and maybe maybe this podcast will stick around long enough to see it all play out, and, and we'll be able to look back on this episode and like, be like years wow. and years and years and be like, look at that. I'm we, glad that didn't happen. Yeah, we didn't really know what was happening, and we got a bunch of stuff wrong, but we knew kind of, and I'm glad we were wrong. <laughs> hey, I mean, so I would love to look at myself in the mirror when it comes to a lot of the stuff I think about the world and go, I'm glad I was wrong, but... Yeah. Every day we strive closer and closer to me going, I wish I was not right. What's scary is you and I keep up with politics way more than the average person, so our, I think this is going to happen, is going to carry a little bit more weight than somebody on the on average Joe on the street. Although it's so large um, in its scale, even the average Joe might be like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then he might be right, so. But, Because yeah, of how large it is. But because of the very unknown nature of governments and the world in general... We could be entirely wrong. Yeah, we could. And that's the fun part is the fun part of following just politics in general is you're following some really, really, really big things and you could be wrong about them, but you could be right about them. And all you got to do is wait. Well, the other the other fun thing is we could be completely ignoring some smaller microcosmic event that apparently will cause more damage than the large ones we're looking at right now. Yeah. Like, some small little assassination could happen, and it could just blow it all up. So, you know, it's never really predictable. Um, All we know and all we can cover is the major things that are happening. Well, and what we think might happen as a result. Yeah. Because I'm sure people sat there in World War I going, "Ah, it's just an assassination. 
And then governments were like, but we're at, we have peace treaties with those people. And everyone's like, what do you, what do you mean you have peace? Oh, no. <laughs> yep. So that, like, that uncertainty, <laughs> it's, it's like following politics, it's kind of like playing a game mm-hmm. that you've never played before. And that you can't, ro- like, you can look up references on what's happening. But, but the rules are you never don't spelled know out. how it ends, and the rules are never really spelled out. There are general outlines, mm-hmm. but you'll never truly know until you experience them. Yep, and that's what makes it fun. So, I think we're gonna end up um, end our uh, podcast with that. Uh, this episode went in a lot of different places. So, if I mash it together correctly, then it made sense, and it was a really, really good episode. And if I didn't, then it was a really, really good episode because I really enjoyed, you know, having Andrew on again. He's 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 a really cool dude. Um, he he knows his he knows his shit. So, <laughs> and if you're listening to this from China and you happen to be a Chinese government official, quit your job. Just an open invitation. Thank you for listening to a more perfect podcast. This podcast is sponsored by nobody. Goodbye. Have a more perfect day.